Welcome to the Live to Shoot podcast. My name is Jeff Dowell, and I've been a licensed firearm dealer for the last 14 years. In this podcast, we talk about all things related to the Second Amendment, as well as might throw in other stories about things going on in other areas of the news, uh, something or something going on in my personal life. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is Saturday the 24th, and it is a, gr- a great weekend. My son is home. He's going to the Arkansas A&M game with his girlfriend at, at Jerry World. TCU is playing SMU on the hilltop, and it's the Iron- Battle of the Iron Skillet. And we will definitely see how this Sunny Dykes rivalry comes out. It'll be very exciting for me as a TCU fan and alum. And just a lot going on. So what I want to talk about today was I keep getting questions occasionally about what's going on with these Texas-made suppressors. And these are from my Texas customers, and they're wanting to know, hey, basically, hey, can I go and get a suppressor that's made in Texas and not have to do the NFA? And I know I've got a lot of listeners here that aren't from Texas, and this may not seem to be a- apply, but really what comes out of this case could have far-reaching impacts on the, the two-way movement and how the courts view the Second Amendment. And so just a little background. House Texas House Bill 957 went into effect on September 1, 2021, and in essence, essentially what it said was, if a suppressor is made in Texas from Texas parts, then it is not subject to the Commerce Clause and not subject to the NFA regulations. And this has been tried before. Kansas wrote a similar law, and they put that in place, and some people tested it, and they immediately got sent to prison. And then Montana created another law, and they put in there a that they would, you know, have to, they will seek injunctive relief from the Commerce Clause. And they argued in their case that, you know, suppressors made in Montana didn't, and from that didn't, weren't applicable to the Commerce Clause, and they lost. So Texas kind of took that and ran with it, modified their law that they created that they would seek injunctive relief. But they also included Second Amendment that suppressors will not fall under the under the Second Amendment. And so, where, so where do we stand now? Can you go and buy a suppressor made in Texas and not do a Form Four and pay your uh, two hundred dollars uh, tax? Well. As an FFL, this was a letter I got back in July of 2021, just a few a month before this law was going to go into effect. And it said, the purpose of this letter is to provide guidance on your obligations as a federal firearms license in Texas. The following guidance is intended to assist you in accomplishing this goal. Blah, blah, blah. It says, the passage of Texas House Bill 957 with an effective date of September 1, 2021, has generated questions from the industry members as to how this state law may affect them while engaged in a firearm business activity. HB 957 claims to exempt silencers, also known as suppressors, that are manufactured in Texas and which remain in Texas from federal firearm laws and regulations, including the federal registration requirements. However, because HB 957 directly conflicts with federal firearm laws and regulations, federal law supersedes HB 957. In summary, all provisions of the Gun Control Act and the National Firearms Act, including their corresponding regulations, continue to apply to FFLs and other persons in Texas. And then the letter goes on to, to basically tell me how I'm supposed to do my job. So, first off, what is the Commerce Clause? We'll, we'll, we'll deal, deal with that real quick. So, that is Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3 of the Constitution, which basically says that the U.S. government can regulate anything among 
states and countries and Indian tribes, but among states. So that is basically how they do everything. It's based around this clause. So if if things are crossing across states' boundaries, the government can get involved. That is why we have some of the laws that we have in place, and they're not just subject to Texas laws. Now, what is going on with this case? So as I said, Kansas, Montana tried it. So Texas wrote the law, and they put in there their arguments around that the suppressors are not subject to the Second Amendment. And then, following the Bruin case, Ken Paxton went in and modified his argument. And he also basically included the fact that there is no history and tradition of any kind in terms of this type of regulation and paying tax on a constitutionally protected item. And so that was where his argument is. And the government has come back, and the argument that they have, they've kind of gone about it differently. And this is interesting. So they're they're arguing it on two fronts. But the primary argument is that that basically there's a law out there that says you cannot seek injunction relief on a tax matter. And they are, what that, that basically says is that you can't sue the government not to pay your taxes. And that is essentially the argument that the government is making. They are not really arguing on a Second Amendment issue because I think they realize the Second Amendment, it, their arguments on the Second Amendment are becoming losers. Now, they do argue, and again, this is – they kind of are going around in logical loops to me, and that they – first off, they argue that, again, yeah, the suppressor, that a suppressor doesn't – that also the Second Amendment doesn't apply to suppressors. So the state's argument about the Second Amendment being protecting suppressors doesn't apply. Hmm. And how are they in the National Firearms Act? And then they say, if they do, that the NFA um, doesn't restrict or prohibit the possession of suppressors. They just apply a few more steps that you have to go through. And I think people have said that, you know, these additional steps, air quotes, can also be considered infringements shall not be infringed. So, where's this going to land? I mean, the argument the state, the government is, continues to make is that you got to can't sue me because of tax. They're not protect, they're not subject to the Second Amendment, but they are part of the NFA. It's a really convoluted argument. And I think they realize that they're getting themselves in a corner. And I think the one corner that they realize that this is boxing them into is that the National Firearms Act, based on Bruin, is unconstitutional. And if that comes the case, then we are back to where suppressors, full auto, and short barrel rifles are not subject to NFA requirements and tax stamps and those types of regulations, that they will be just normal firearms protected by the Second Amendment and subject to some of the common sense gun laws that we have out there. So for you in Texas right now, don't go try and buy a Texas-made suppressor and not do a Form 4 on it. You will end up in jail. We need to let this work its way through the courts. But for all you outside of Texas, keep your eye on this because this could be another domino that falls that again that knocks out the National Farmers Act as being 
unconstitutional and getting it stricken. So it's very interesting. Got to keep our eye on it. Lots going on. This Bruin case in the, that the that the the Supreme Court, sorry, have ruled has really turned the the courts upside down and has really altered a lot of arguments that are in place. And so we need to keep our eye on it. And good things could be on the horizon. So. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Share this podcast. Listen to it on Fountain. Get my referral link. Earn a little, some, some sats, some satoshis. Listen to a podcast. Like it. Give it a review. Share it. Share it on social media. Get the word out to people. We have to continue to keep people informed and we have to continue to fight for our Second Amendment rights. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And have a great weekend.